Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, tennis fans. Welcome to the Yellow Ball Network. This is where you'll find most of your tennis news. Today, this is Coach Denise exploring tennis blessings and its effects on life's journey. And life can be complicated. Here in Florida, we have a bridge collapsed in uh, Miami, and we still don't know uh, how many uh, debts we have, and we probably won't by the time we get off this broadcast. But uh, life is a blessing, and tennis is a blessing that uh, can affect uh, life journey. And Tennis, being the wonderful sport that it is, could be the vehicle that takes you through life's journey. And our mentors might provide that roadmap for our journey. I'm excited that each week I am blessed to be able to talk to some of these people. Uh, On most Thursdays, uh, I will be talking uh, to these uh, mentors who have paved the pathway for many tennis coaches and players uh, often you will hear on the first Thursday of the month, there'll be Alan Fox. On the second Thursday, Chuck Reese. Uh, he was on last week. We had an interesting conversation about uh, the performance of the Tennis Patriots. Uh, we'll talk about uh, that later on with him again. Uh, I don't think we'll get into it today, but... Uh, my um, next edition, my article in Florida Tennis Magazine is a three-part three, um, article, and uh, you'll be able to read my views on uh, some of the problems we're addressing, and I might even add a couple problems to it, but I... Uh, think I have to be part of that uh, group simply because I've been blessed to be involved with tennis so long and it's been so good to me. And you do have to give back in life. Uh, the uh, Thursday today, we have Dr. John Murray on. And on that fourth Thursday, we have uh, either Linda LeClaire, who we will have next week, and she will be joined uh, by her uh, husband, Dr. Bryce Young. That would be a fantastic broadcast, I'm sure. And uh, when she's not on, it's usually uh, Coach Scott Williams. Uh, he was actually scheduled for this month, but he's back in coaching high school besides uh, all his ministry work he's doing, so um, he, he, we have to give him a little lead way. Like we have to give all our um, mentors who appear on this show because they are people, like I said earlier, that are continuously given, and this is what a mentor is about. Uh, they're usually people that have been blessed to experience uh, special things, uh, but they don't try to hide them. Uh, they give them out and they share it with other people. On that fifth Thursday, uh, we will normally we would talk to college coaches. It could be uh, we've been blessed over the last three years to have many of them: uh, uh, Bobby Payless, Tom Farham, to 
to name just a few of them. Uh, Scott Engie uh, was a college coach who was a uh, uh, high school coach. We've had uh, officials on from the USTA. Officials were on that uh, have uh, products that are uh, changing uh, tennis. And uh, and also, our, uh, besides the USTA, our two uh, teaching organizations, the USPTA and the PTR, we've had both of them on, uh, too. And uh, on those fifth uh, Thursdays, uh, normally you will hear some of them. I do have to uh, tell you that this Thursday, uh, this month, rather, we do have a fifth Thursday but unfortunately, we're not going to have a broadcast uh, then because uh, I have a minor surgery. I just have to get a hernia repaired. And uh, the, the hospital has moved some uh, use there, and I'm going to be uh, scheduled for surgery that uh, 29th. And sometimes at my age, I get forgetful enough and uh, um, not the brightest person uh, in the world, and under having surgery the same day, even though I'll probably be out the same day. I think for everybody's sake, it's best that I won't be there. But we do have another fifth Thursday in May. Don't ask me who's going to be there yet, but I'm sure we'll be blessed to have um, one of our uh, past uh mentors on again, and uh, we do have to make some adjustments there. Today, uh, we have a uh, special uh, broadcast because uh, I do, (laughs) uh, I might have to uh, get a bill at the end of this broadcast because uh, a well-known author and speaker and clinical psychologist and sports psychologist, Dr. John Murray, is going to be our guest. And uh, we will go through uh, a discussion. I have recently read his book again, Smart Tennis, uh, and uh, it's hopefully it's not my age. I hear all these new and great things come out. But uh, I think there's, and and not that, uh, I I don't want him to get mad at me. He's surely not in my age, but he's been, uh, his book came out, I think, in 1999, although it's still uh, relevant today and it's still, uh, you know, important for building high school teams, college teams. Uh, I think think we're seeing more today that, Psychology is should be part of your training. At least I um, put that uh, in a, one of the Facebook groups that I am a member of. Let me just try to get Dr. Murray. Are you on? I'm here. You're talking about my book. What a great guy, John. Thank you. Well, I just, you know, I'm going through. I, I, I'm going to probably throw some things off today because, uh, truthfully, I'm going through a little uh, bit of a thing. I think when I was younger, I was so much smarter, and I knew so many things and so many sure of myself. And uh, I then uh, we used to do a program after school tennis in the Constitution, 
And then the FHSAA said, you know, maybe uh, I could be recruiting people, so uh, <laughs> we stopped it. And now that I'm not coaching high school tennis no more, we've been asked to start it again. And um, so I've been uh, taking some of the Hillsdale College uh, classical courses uh, again, uh, trying to learn from the uh, classics what I didn't learn in college. <laughs> wow. John, that's great. I, I started to realize I'm not as smart as I uh, thought I was when I was uh, younger. But one of the big discussions going on now, and I – uh, address one of them is that players going in college losing scholarships because of attitude problems. And uh, yeah, I sat there and questioned some of the things that I've done in the past. Uh, it, 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 we have many problems with college, and I don't think the problem with college tennis is necessarily the athlete going in there. I think there's other issues what I'll be addressing and uh, like I said earlier in a three piece article I have in Florida tennis. But um attitude, what are some of the things you suggest as a coach, a young coach going? Because I've had a lot of questions about that later and one of the uh I think one of the better um sites. Uh, West Fuller has a Facebook site, Competitive Tennis Coaches, and there's a lot of good intelligent conversation back and forth. And that seems to be coming up, and there's a lot of questions about, you know, the attitude of the young players going into college. Would you like to well, just, I, can I, I get your thought on that? Fine. I'll ramble a little bit on attitude. Um I think it kind of fits into like personality, sort of that area of of a person that's sort of relatively stable. It changes; it can change over time, but it, it, it's it's stuff that we see fairly regularly. You know, and if if it's something we can control, it's definitely in a, in an area amenable to change in psych, psychological work that I do, and. If you know, it's it's like an on-off switch. If you don't have the proper perspective, want to improve, want to be a team member, want to do good things, nothing will work. It's almost like you have to have that willingness to just make the positive choice to, to make a good attitude. Oftentimes, I get people like that. I get sometimes parents will will bring them in, uh, or coaches might refer them to me, and we we can get a little deeper with the time we have in psychotherapy and mental coaching that a coach might not have, you know, if I can sit there for an hour in my office or on the phone and oftentimes find out what's really going on in it. And you'd be amazed at, you know, the things that, that come out, it could be anything from a childhood problem to a relationship with the coach or, or parent or um, a depression even, you know, so you have to really be, be aware of the true, source of, of bad attitudes or, or, you know, if there's something that's holding somebody back that's so basic like that, it, it, it's definitely worth working on. But I would say that it doesn't have the same quick fix nature of something like a pre-performance routine or anxiety problem or a tendency to be over tight or not relaxed in a match. So it has that characteristic quality to it that it, it takes a little bit longer to get in there and try to figure out what's going on and try to help 
a person with, with the wrong attitude because without the right attitude, nothing's going to work. Like I said, it's like an on-off switch. Yeah, and that, and that becomes a, a, a major problem. And I don't know if we really are seeing more of it uh, today than uh, some coaches seem to think we are or if it's just that maybe we're finally just starting to recognize that coaching is more than just a uh, – uh, developing strokes and uh, technique and uh, tactical part of the game, but um, I, I, at some point uh, you, you better know somebody like yourself that is capable to address things. When and I'm more concerned is that does a coach recognize that he or she is not yeah. capable to address that? And how how well, I mean, how Go ahead. No, I mean, I think coaches are able, able to, you know, we're all, in some way, we're all coaches. In some ways, we're all psychologists. It's just we have, you know, I have a greater strength and, and more time invested, 20 years invested in talking to people every day for hours. You know, and you have more invested in coaching or doing whatever good things that you do. So we all we all are part of the same the same treatment team, you know, whether whether you're a psychologist or a coach. And some people are also more naturally attuned to that. But I think you do have to just take the, the choice as a coach because we probably have some coaches listening right now. Hello, everybody out there, wherever you are. And uh, I think it's important to, to deal with that more than just deal with the black and white, you know, angle of, of, of contact or the hitting the ball at the highest point when you're hitting a volley or having good, good balance when you're making contact with the ball. Those things are all important. But I think if you, if you ignore – attitude, if you ignore personality, if you ignore the overall happiness of the player, does he really want to be there? Does she really want to give the effort? You're going to miss a lot. You're going to miss everything. So whether you consult with somebody like myself or not, it's up to you. It's up to the parents if they want to do that. It's up to you if you want to do that. But definitely, if I can do anything to help move the the thing in the right direction, it would be to just be more aware of that aspect of it and, and treat the whole person, not just the, uh, the tennis player. True. Very good. I recently, uh, this week I've been sh- searching through uh, files. I had a coach, uh, asked me, he said, you, you did a, a paper, uh, a presentation about 10 years ago or more adjusting your attitude to determine a team attitude. And, and uh, I had talked about uh, – I never felt three months was long enough for high school coach at work. So I used to have player-parent meetings for three months prior to the season started. I found I could legally yeah, do good. that without breaking one of the rules. And, um, oh. and in doing that, I found some notes, uh, that, and I'm a, I guess I have a big, you know, over-learning theorist. I, I believe you just have to keep doing I, I gave out handouts a lot to my players. I made them write things to me. And one of the things that I noticed, I'd like that, um, you know, I knew enough that uh, because of you, you don't judge play by a person's personality or what you perceive their personality to be because on the tennis court, they're different people, but I always try to get the in team tennis. You, you always try to get the everybody communicating. I was one for because I wasn't a good 
speaker always trying to get everybody else to talk and involved. And I sure. there's always that quiet person that used to bother me that how do I get them to go? And then noticing going through my files and going through a lot of the papers that they turn in and I I happen to pick up that the people that that gave me more detailed notes were some of these people that I was worried about that I wasn't getting through because they were so quiet. Help me. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I find that too in um, in my work. If somebody is naturally shy, they're they're holding a lot in, and and that there's probably a whole lot of things that have not been expressed. They may not be as adept at communicating in in groups. They may be holding back some for some reason. There might be some fear involved. And um, I mean, sure, you see some people that, are, that 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 don't have a lot going on. But I've found that most people that are more introverted do have a lot below the surface. And so, what you're doing to tap into that and to help them bring out bring out their you're able to do legally there, I think, is really important. And one way you can do that is probably what you, I think you even said, you'll have them writing out things, uh, having frequent writing tests, uh, different ways of expressing um, that, that can allow them to, to get that out. Because the whole, the whole idea of communication is it's one of the foundations of mental health. If, you, if you're holding it in, look, look at all the craziness in this world today. And when you do, you notice that a lot of times they're not socially connected and they're isolated and they're, they're, you know, so not to, not to, I mean, but on a smaller level, just in terms of being a healthy teammate, I think it's also important to to facilitate dialogue and interaction, even if you have people that are reluctant to do that. And so as a coach, you have a great opportunity to, uh, to expose that and help them grow. Yeah. Sometimes I would even, uh, I, I'm a big believer in using other people quotes. I always tell people I'm the greatest thief in the world. If it was good, I, I borrowed it. Uh, but uh, sometimes I would alter some of those quotes so that it really wouldn't make sense. You know, every practice, you, you before you came on the tennis court, they would sign the quote, read it, and then we would discuss it at the end of practice because the last 10 minutes of practice I like to have with discussions. And... Um, you know, and sometimes it's a a good tool because I can learn who was reading and who wasn't reading and who was just signing because they had to. But, you know, every now and then you get somebody, uh, I I try to get it, and and longer during the season they would start to say, well, I don't understand that quote at all, Coach. (laughs) You know, that doesn't. And uh, so I think it was also a tool – to get them thinking, uh, Aristotle or Plato that said, you know, the speaking, uh, the importance of this animal, the human being, is that we can speak, and when we're speaking, we're thinking. And, you know, uh, I forgot which one it was, but uh, I, I think, so you, I, I guess, I don't know, I, sometimes I just feel like I didn't accomplish everything I wanted there. Well, I mean, you're constantly self-scrutinizing, and that—that's a—that to me is a, it's a, it's a positive quality that you have. I mean, you're looking to get better all the time, and uh, you, you put yourself down a little bit more than you probably should. And, 
Um, so this, this whole thing about attitude to me is critically important. And I think what it comes down to is we all have choices to, to, to deal with certain situations with a positive attitude. We're not condemned to an automatic response or I call it reactive uh, methods. If one of the, the big pillars of, of my work is trying to help people to not react. And if you react to a situation, you're sort of a slave of the situation. Okay. So if something negative happens and you react to it in a negative way, you're being controlled by that. So what I'm trying to do at times in my work is to help facilitate a more positive attitude and better teamwork and all that kind of thing by acting. So rather than reacting, you know, proactively thinking about what you want to do when you step out of that court for that practice that day with John Denise and that team and how it's going to affect the team and, and being a positive influence on that team would be, you know, scripted. Perhaps we might do a little imagery and, and get the player ready for that. So that when they step on the court, they're acting in the way that they want to act, not reacting to what possible things could come up. And then we even deal with difficulties when they come up and how you might act rather than react in a negative way to that. So, that's a big part of the work that I do, and I'm sure a lot of coaches probably relate to that. Yeah, and because I think sometimes as a coach, you uh, that don't have your capabilities in training the experience that you've gone through. You know, what I've just this past week in California, I'm watching Hellup, the number one woman player in the world right now. Um, she sits there. I don't know if you're watching now, but she calls her coach over there, who's a, a great. Uh, coach, uh, oh, forgive me, I can't think of his name. Um, he did Sappers for a little while, Feather, but um, uh, a great coach calls him over, and she never looked at him once. And he mm-hmm. talked, and of course, the, with TV today, you could hear the whole conversation. Uh, everything he said made sense, and everything. Um, I I look at that, and and now it's a judgment on me because I don't know. I would have looked at that as an attitude problem. It's obvious he didn't because even though she took out a banana and turned away from him and looking and called him over, uh, he continued talking, and she went yeah. out there and did the things that he said. So uh, how how do you judge if you're you know, getting through well, it. Is it just your actions after? Or? Yeah, you, know, you can't. You, I think that the, the key is, you know, apparently that, that setup was effective. Um, the way I would see that is like a, like a doubles team discussing how they want to interact with one another well in advance and, and scripting it and deciding on, you know, what they say and how they say it, what each player needs. I think the coach-player relationship is very similar to that. Maybe eye contact is not a big thing for her or for him, and it wasn't that important. Maybe we're judging that perhaps from the outside, saying that, well, she's being arrogant or she's not really focusing in on what the coach is saying, but maybe she needs to focus. Maybe her her best way to focus is to close her eyes and look the other way and listen. So I I don't know. It's hard to to say that from the outside looking in, but I would say that, that if that hadn't been rehearsed, like how you want me to talk to you when you come out there, and if that hadn't been well planned out, then they've missed the boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's I all mean, about preparation. I, yeah. And can, uh, what is your opinion? Can a coach, uh, I mean, I know it's not 
financially possible with the high school and college uh, thing. But, you know, to me, uh, I would want to have somebody like you sitting next to me and where you can coach, have them go out on the court. But being we can do that, is there – Maybe your next book should be to coaches instead of players. You know, what are the things that we should do? Well, I mean, go to conferences, um, look at videos, look at, you know, educational materials. Every, you know, I'm sure the good things you do for the, 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 you know, the licensing or whatever, the certification that you do for the high school coaches or what the USPTA, PTR does, you know, all those good things often have a mental component and to, to really pay attention to that and, and also read books, read, you know, read books on the topic. There's always new, good things coming out and try to, try to be a professional. Don't, not just, you know, if you're, if you're growing, you're enjoying yourself. You're, you're having a lot more fun as a coach. If you're doing the same thing you've been doing for 25 years, you're going to get stale pretty quickly. So it's just about, you know, it's all about growth. And I think this radio show, the fact that you bring people on to have fun talking about this, all these different aspects of tennis and, 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 you know, um, personality and psychology, I think that shows that you are ahead of the game. You're doing good things to help push that in the right direction, John. Well, I, I sometimes I feel when I have you, you on, you're going to send me a bill after. Because, uh, but I, I'm, I am going to borrow that phrase of yours, that if you're continuously learning and having fun, I think that's so important. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I often wonder, I'd be going there in the college way in life. I mean, if it wasn't for the Marine Corps, I always said, you know, who knows what the heck would have happened to me. But I always felt, you know, God, I wasted all those years before. And uh, uh, It's what's motivating you today. I mean, it's, it's, it's why you enjoy doing what you do today. I think that's, there's a need there somehow. It's fascinating just listening to you. But, yeah, I will send you a bill. Don't worry. We'll, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, those people, that, those people that don't come here, why do you tell a little bit about yourself? I think one of the other uh, things, and we covered it at one of our other broadcasts, there's a lot of ways that you give help. It's not a, Everybody doesn't have to come to your office. When you could you go into a little bit about you know what and I'll call it a job. What's your profession all about? Well, I mean it's true. I mean not everybody is living in in Southeast Florida, and so I if if somebody can't get to my office, you know we we go to Plan B, which is mental coaching. Now I I would not consider myself in that capacity as a quote unquote you know, licensed psychologist because I'm providing a mental coaching service akin to what I used to do in, in tennis coaching. But I also have the knowledge of a, you know, sports psychologist. So they're getting more or less the same thing. I just have to be careful about how I cross my T's and dot my I's professionally. Um, but if, if there's a specialized need for somebody, and I had a call, I think, two nights ago from Australia, uh, a family considering me working with their top junior tennis player star and you know, so it's it's that kind of thing uh, all the time. I you know I work by 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 phone quite frequently, and I think the head headphones and speaker phones and the quality of telecommunications today makes it almost as good as being right there in the office. Yeah. You know, this uh, 
fifth uh, Thursday of the month, I was I was going to have a gentleman uh, for uh, from Ireland, and uh, uh, he, he called me from there. I'm learning something about the computer. I didn't know I could talk over the computer. Uh, oh yeah. But he had heard he had heard the broadcast. And, uh, you know, he said he wanted to talk to me and call me. So I'm saying, well, I'm not calling you. And, uh, you know, he, said, well, we do he could do it over the uh, – we wound up talking for an hour. And I was going to have him on this fifth Thursday, but unfortunately I have to – having a knee replacement, I'm trying – I didn't think I was overdoing it, but it's evidently I did because I now need a hernia operation and – um, you know, it's a nothing uh, uh, operation, but it's just unfortunately they have to do it on that Thursday. But one of the yeah. things that we had discussed in the, uh, today, and I told them that I would uh, uh, t- talk to you about it, but I wasn't planning to talk it now, but I'm just thinking out loud. He has all these college, or uh, all coaches, pros from all over the world on his uh, computer system, and you know who do you, who you who you contact. And he asked me to look at it, and and I think he's done a fantastic job. And uh, he uh, and I tell him what I thought was missing is I don't see anybody in your category on there. And uh, I suggested to him that if you were willing, that he should contact you. And uh, sure. because you should be on there. Now, I also suggested to him that if he was a wise man, and he told me he was, that uh, he uh, would not. I told him he needs more than one. He needs, you know, like he has tennis pros from all over the world. He needs sports psychologists from all over sure. the world, too. Sure. So sure. that, uh, you know, but the whole thing is leading. And I told him you were the guy that kind of led us in the FHSTCA on there. So I said, you know, I'd be insulted if you took my advice without paying for me, but without charging you. Can I give him your number? Do it. I, I mean, what, 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 if he charged you, I'd be insulted. He told me, yeah, he wouldn't do that. But do you agree with me that somebody, you know, if not you, somebody like you should, when when you're looking for coaches, should be looking for yeah, no, somebody no, like you too? No. No question. I mean, the fact that I get clients from all over that kind of spread out across the country, I think is evidence. And I know this when I was looking around that way back in the nineties in graduate school, there just aren't that many people that do this work. And so definitely needs to be more. And if if there's a, you know, you're talking about the need every time I talk with you on the phone, you're really selling the need for this more than, than I am. And, and, and it's, it's true. I mean, you need to have a strong mental game in whatever you're, whatever you're doing and tennis is no exception. In fact, it's one of the most important sports for that. Absolutely. You know, spread the, spread the good word and any way I can possibly help. I'd be more than happy to, to help, you know, c- continue this um, effort to, to change the, uh, the world one, one person at a time, you know, we got to do it. Well, I think of, you know, the first time that we talked and how, People wanted to know why I was bringing in sports psychologists, and then after now it's uh, I'm no longer an outcast. So I think we're good. So much, and you've been uh, doing this here, and 
Maybe there's a reason, though, that uh, there's not more doing it. it I, I often wondered, is the problem the coaches or is the problem uh, the, cli- or the cli- most of your clients, the players? So, uh, But I'm, I will do that, and I'll do it to, this evening. I'll give them your information. Um, I'll have Mark, and I'll, and I'll email you when we get off and give Mark uh, uh, that, their, uh, your information. And uh, you being, you know, well, you, your site and everything uh, on the, your website, uh, it should be a natural. Me, uh, I'm yeah. still trying to get into the 21st century. No, I mean, you, you're doing great, great things. And, you know, back to the topic of why there aren't more people like me, um, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of a long, it's a ridiculously long incubation period. So maybe in the future, we can have more efficient education. It just takes forever. It's really a long process. It's an expensive process to become a sports psychologist. So I don't, I mean, that's part of the problem, I think. And you, you mentioned coaches. I think tennis coaches are generally of the opinion that mental coaching is good. I don't, I don't find too much difficulty there. I think the other more traditional sports is where I've, I've still run into a brick wall sometimes, like in, especially the NFL. I mean, we get NFL players, but don't get a ton of coaches calling me all the time. The phone is certainly not ringing off the hook, you know, and, that's a problem I mean, because that, that's where the real the real resources are for this, but they they just don't they don't see it or they try to control it themselves completely. So I think coaches in in tennis and golf and a lot more individual sports are more open to it, more receptive to it than than team team coaches in the traditional sense. Yeah, I I agree with you. I see that, and to me, I mean, I think in, in the NFL it used to be a season ticket holder, but I just. I feel that the management just isn't doing management. And I put my wife says I'm a cheapskate. I, I remind her that I'm Italian and I'm frugal. I'm not cheap. But if I own the team, God almighty, I couldn't imagine. To, to yeah. me, somebody like you on that team wouldn't be as, as as important as my head coach and my staff and making sure that the two of you can communicate because I mean I have there's such a big investment in there and um, it, yeah. it doesn't make sense to me. If, if somebody could explain that to me, maybe I'd stop reading yeah. all these classics. But no, I mean, for <laughs> example, wrong. I mean, team spent. By the way, my phone is starting to wig out a little bit. If we get connected, that's my technology. The Android. Welcome to Android. But you know, sixteen million dollars a year on one player without batting an eye, and they don't think about you know, spending a half million dollars for a serious, serious sports psychology. You're absolutely. No, it just, it is, it is crazy. I don't understand it at all. Are you still there, John? I'm, I'm there, but it. we have technical things. We're having some difficulties okay. with this phone. Hold on a second. Okay. Are you still there, John? Yes, I am. I, I closed down some processes. I don't know what it is about this. This, a lot of you out there, if you have an Android or iPhone, you tell me what's going on because I can't figure. I'm not smart enough to figure out the damn phone. So excuse my excuse my language there, but uh, it is frustrating. Anyway, back to you. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I, I think that you know if we uh, talking about attitude and going into college and colleges have an investment they're making in players. But teams like baseball and uh, basketball and football that are pro teams, 
the amount of uh, money that they're making and they're not being subsidized. Well, that's an argument if they are by the government or not, but uh, I won't get into that. But, I mean, how do you protect your investment? It just doesn't make sense. I mean, how? how... I I think there's a lot of fear of spying. That's possibly, I mean, if you're you're getting confidence information on players that are making that kind of money, they're afraid that, that I don't think they trust the system. They don't trust the, the idea yet, but um, you know their their lack of their fear is getting in the way of their progress. In my in my view, it it could be a little bit of that. It could be a little bit of the fact that we have confidentiality. You know, a player can tell me something, and I, I can't run back to the coach. So, does the coach want to set up a scenario where I'm knowing more than he does about what's going on with the player? So, that that's another possible pitfall and then the third thing i think is coaches tend to bring in their own people their own or, or bring in a famous actor or a public speaker that really doesn't have a, have a clue about the field of psychology but uh, you know but has some some magnetic allure because they did a rap song or something so it's just it's backwards still it's i mean it's just progress everything takes time yeah well I, uh, years ago in another, uh, life when I was in law enforcement, uh, I was, uh, went into the locker rooms, uh, when we were the Mutton Jeff, I was a Mutton, uh, he wound up becoming, uh, head of security for the NFL. And, uh, you know, you bring in a, you bring in a couple of narcotics officers, but you're not going to bring in a sports psychologist. Uh, you know, uh, you know, we we could tell, we suspect well, who are the people going, but a psychiatrist would sit there and know why they're acting yeah. this way. I mean, it just, well, I'll tell you, I mean, and this is going back forty some years ago. Well, I think I think I told you the story. About 10 years ago, I'm not going to mention any names, but one of the most famous coaches in NFL history uh, was part of an, a Division One program, and they were, all the coaches wanted me as their sports psychologist. And this is about 10 years ago. I was a little less brash than I am now. I speak a lot you know, cleaner and more directly about what I, what I think is true now as opposed to being political. Uh, the coach said to me in the meeting, said, so you think you can do better than the coaches? And, of course, I, I spun this story of, well, the coach is the captain of the ship, and I'm just there to help, and it's like a physician's assistant. I gave all these little cute little answers. When I should have said, now, and, and now I'm in my mid-50s, I'm not going to waste any time anymore, I should have said, you're damn right. <laughs> and left it at that. I should, I should have gotten right in his face and said, you're damn right. And, you know, I probably would have been hired on the spot. So I've learned my lesson to be a little bit more bold and not hesitant about expressing my confidence in what I know helps people, what helps players, what helps teams win. And, um, you know, perhaps I was a little bit reluctant to do that in the past. I'm no more, you know, from now on, it's, uh, it's going to be a little bit bolder, a little bit more direct. Well, I think that comes from, uh, experience and, uh, I've, uh, definitely to change subjects for a minute. Uh, there's, um, a big debate going on about the governing organizations in tennis and should there be new ones and should they be replaced and, uh, and um, I think it's, you know, similar to what we think about our, our government the mornings uh, we had. But uh, I think that, um, you know, freedom is a special thing. And that, uh, someone said freedom is not for the weak. And he or she, yeah. I, I don't believe, was talking about 
uh, you know, weapons or anything, but your voice is an important thing. And I think as you get more experience, and I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm a, on the other end of it. We need, we have a dirty and under program with the USPTA. I think it's the greatest thing in the world. Uh, but I think we can't forget about the coaches that are in there and have experience. Um, they'll speak up, and now in your field, you realize what you should have done there, and you, uh, yeah, I'm sure you're going to get the opportunity again. Uh, John, uh yeah, I just want to help people win. Thank you, John. Yep, why don't you tell them how to get a hold of you then? Um, <clears throat> okay. It's johnfmurray.com. Very simple. J-O-H-N-F as in Francis, which is my middle name. Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot C-O-M. Well, I appreciate you giving time to us again uh, this month. I look forward to next month's conversation. Uh, I am going to go off track a little right now because of uh, a commitment I have uh, made. But so I, um, well, your phone problem that you have, if you're not able to hang on, I understand. But uh, I do want to sit there and um, remind everybody that besides our weekly conversation here, the Omedi will, and you will be able to continue reading my views in Florida Tennis Magazine. And as I've previously expressed, if you disagree, please email me at coach. Denise, that's D-A-N-I-S-E dot F-H-S-T-C-A at A-T-T dot net. Who knows? You may see your views in Florida tennis, or you might hear them uh, here on uh, our broadcast, Coach Denise Sharon Tennis Presence. Uh, it won't be the first time. I've done it before. You're always going to hear my view, uh, right or wrong, uh, and uh, I respect your view. We might disagree, but if, as long as it's not vulgar, uh, I'm always willing to listen to uh, other people's views. I also uh, would like to thank J.P. Weber and the Yellow Ball CEO for hosting our network. And if you're not following We Coach Tennis, on Facebook, you really should be. Uh, he does have uh, a, a new uh, program going out. There's the discussion. If you're on Facebook, uh, you're seeing about uh, the scoring systems and different organization. Uh, he's stepping into the forefront with that with uh, Coach Chuck Reese. Uh, I will be. Uh, uh, join in, uh, like I said before, I'm not sure how much uh, help I'll be because I have more uh, questions than answers, but um, uh, I will uh, be uh, act actually addressing the subject in a three-piece uh, article in Florida Tennis Magazine starting with the next issue and continuing so and we'll be uh discussing it on uh, other broadcasts too i should also uh thank uh, wilson tennis because wilson tennis has uh, been a big part of high school and college tennis and as you listeners know 
I'm a firm believer that American tennis uh, should go through the high schools and colleges. And unfortunately, uh, in high school, uh, tennis has become more of an after-school activity than uh, an after-school sport. And I think if we're not careful, uh, that could happen in uh, college tennis, too. Uh, when I got involved in um, high school tennis 20-plus years ago, I was the uh, president of the USPTR Florida uh, section, and uh, the coaches were saying, don't let your uh, – tennis player play high school uh, tennis because some science or math teacher was going to ruin uh, your uh, tennis player. Uh, I thought that was a lot of bull. And uh, I uh, went out and that was for two years that I was president. That's what I was pushing an athletic director, uh, and that high school said, buddy, you put your money where your mouth is and take over the high school program. And I did. And I got involved. And uh, unfortunately, I can't say we solved the problem. We haven't. Uh, after school activity has some value. There's no two ways about it. But uh, I, I think the, the same question is now being asked of, College players, I hear it often, don't let your player go to college because uh, a college is going to, uh, you know, is not going to give them the best route to go on. Uh, I think, and I'm biased, I admit it, but I do believe that uh, we do have evidence to show otherwise. I mean, at one time, all the players came out of uh, college, uh, the American players, I should say. Uh, and um, number two, you look at the age of the top players in the game today, there's plenty of time for them to get uh, an education because we still have a problem with tennis. Let's face it, we're going to have a problem in tennis and uh, high schools and in colleges because uh, if you're not in the top 100 in uh, tennis, you're not going to be able to make a living, and uh, quite frankly, in baseball and football and the other sports. Uh, there's thousands of uh, people making good living. So Wilson, uh, when we had the All-Star event in Florida, and hopefully the FHSTCA will do that again, and I suspect that if they asked Wilson Tennis, uh, they would be involved again. They were a big, big um, member of that. And I like our Teams and our coaches always look good because team connection, uh, who reminds us that uh, tennis fuels life, um, they dress the team. And I suspect if the All-Star Tournament gets off the ground in Florida again and team connection uh, was contacted again, they would again be uh, uh, involved in the All-Star Tournament uh, those of you that still uh, in parts of the country where you're not playing in the spring, you're playing in the fall, you want to contact Team Connections for your uniforms. Uh, they're really a great outfit. And um, and, and and I need to uh, thank Flagler Insurance, too. Uh, uh, Flagler Insurance uh, 
understood years ago that uh, our future leaders are now in high school today, and they were a big part of uh, the All-Star Tournament. And again, I suspect if contacted, uh, they would be part of it. And, and of course, those of you reading Florida Tennis Magazine, I know that much of my listening audience is not in Florida, uh, I know that uh, many of you are also uh, read Florida Tennis Magazine. I think you'll find that the magazine is not only up with uh, issues going on in Florida, but across the country. And quite frankly, uh, my bias, uh, I think tennis goes through Florida. And American tennis is going through Florida. We have so many academies uh and uh, schools and coaches and tournaments and now the USTA uh, uh, campus is here in Florida. Uh, you, you know, there's a lot of information. And like I said, uh, it's not all in Florida. I will be addressing um, uh, the American tennis uh, question of uh, uh trying to get tennis patriots to uh, take on the battles uh, of some of the questions in there. And um, while we normally um, don't have a three-piece article in the magazine, uh, Jim March, the editor and founder of the magazine, which has been going for over 25 years, has given me permission to write uh, a three-piece section because it's just too big of a question uh, to uh, address to, in one article. And uh, and uh, Florida Tennis, uh, I re- re- remind you that if you're um, not a subscriber to Florida Tennis, uh, you should be. Uh, or if somebody has taken the last copy of ma- of the magazine from your pro shop, and it is in just about every pro shop, uh, at least here in Florida it is, and there's other parts of the country. I think we have readers in every state of the union now. Uh, but you can always uh, find my article or the, the last issue of uh, Florida Tennis Magazine by going to www.fhstca.org. That's www.fhstca.org. And um, you will uh, be able to find the uh, my articles there, and you'll find the whole magazine, the last issue uh, there, too. And... Um, those of you that are on Facebook, Florida Tennis uh, has a Facebook page now. And as a matter of fact, they've, they also are on uh, Instagram now. Uh, that's Florida Tennis uh, Magazine. And, um, again, if you uh, want to contact me uh, with any uh, questions about my articles or you want to disagree with me, uh, it wouldn't be the first time. Um, there's been comments before. My last issue uh, in Florida Tennis Magazine was about a uh, uh, how a, a basketball uh, coach uh, came uh, became a uh, tennis coach, and and I pointed out the three people that were the most influential and. In, 
helping me take my basketball philosophy to a tennis philosophy. And of course, that was Dennis Vandermeer. Uh, it was Chuck Reese and it was uh, Nick Saviano, and I point those reasons out in the magazine. I didn't have no quarrel with that. I did have an old Connecticut coach where I used to coach basketball a lifetime ago. Um, make one comment about the game on the three-point uh, effect on the game that I didn't mention, uh, which I didn't mention in the article, but uh, uh, that with our discussion, he agreed with me that the, the rest of the article and even going into the three-point shot, it's usually doing the other things I mentioned first in the article. So uh, if you disagree with me uh, about anything, let me know at coachdenise.fhstca at att.net. That's Coach Denise, D-A-N-I-S-E, dot F-H-S-T-C-A, at A-T-T, dot net. And uh, I will get back to you. I sit there and uh, respond to all the emails. I just ask you not to uh, be vulgar, and uh, I enjoy having intelligent conversations with people. Uh, I'm always uh, searching for uh, what is uh, right. Uh, I've, uh, you know, years ago, uh, I think it was Aristotle, said that what is the good? And uh, I've, I've learned a long time ago that what is good is not necessarily what is good for me or good for you, but uh, when we, but it really is in finding a higher augury uh, of the subject that we're discussing. So, um, if you want to get into a discussion with us, please let me know. If you, um, I, I do ask you uh, to listen to Chuck Reese's uh, broadcast on Wednesday. Well, I shouldn't say on Wednesday. He's on Wednesday at noon. Uh, but the great thing about Block Talk Radio is you can listen anytime you want to. Uh, you don't have to be Thursday at 5.30 to hear my article. Um, you can listen anytime. I usually listen to Chuck Reese's American Tennis um, early in the morning or late at night when I'm not doing something. And you could do the same thing or choose any time you want. But if you, you'll hear his views on this subject, uh, mine are very simple, uh, similar. Uh, I do have some disagreements uh, with him, and uh, I think that's a great thing about people that you love and respect is that you can disagree. Uh, I think, quite frankly, this is the one thing that sports has to offer to our country is because I think you should be able to speak to friends and um, people that you know and respect in a loud voice. I think what hurts uh, clubs, tennis clubs, what hurts the government, what hurts uh, friendships is whispers, people whispering, whispering. Um, I, I disagree uh, sometimes with Chuck about 
Facebook, yeah, there's a lot of nonsense on there, but there's a lot of good, good information on there, too. And if people take the time and read it and address it, we're not whispering to each other. We're sitting there defending our points of view. And I think if you do that respectfully, uh, then that becomes very, very uh, uh, important. And uh, I think that really is a true distinction between Americans and and other nations. I mean, we're a country that's... uh, Uh, Our Constitution uh, gives uh, the freedom uh, to people to sit there and speak out. And uh, I just hope that we don't uh, lose that. I remember years ago in another lifetime uh, taking some constitutional uh, uh, law classes from uh, Judge Morgan when I was on the police department running the detective bureau and discussing some of the the Supreme Court decisions. And he remarked to us that please be careful in applying for search warrants and presenting evidence because what makes what you consider a bad Supreme Court decision is bad police works. And bad police work brings you to... uh, what we consider bad Supreme Court decisions. I am worried that we're at a point in our history now where the press was is such an important part of our First Amendment that, you know, can we start losing some of that there when everybody is yelling and screaming at the same message? Uh, I've said before, I used to, when I was a young man, uh, pick up and uh, when I was in Connecticut four newspapers a day I read because I knew each paper had a different view unfortunately now we're getting all the papers bought up by one or two companies and all the networks are now given the same I uh, used to go from one that week I would watch one network for news and then the next week another network and then, then the next week another network and now, truthfully, I, um, I, I watch two uh, networks are, uh, which are um, conservative thinking. I would say I watch uh, uh, once a week, I watch one of the three, uh, which people call Main Street networks. I call them liberal networks. I don't watch a different one every night because it's the same message on them. And then I'll watch CNN once a week just so that I um, can sit there and see everybody's view. Uh, hopefully we don't lose that. People say you're lucky you don't have to read uh, uh, five papers a day no more. I disagree with that. I enjoy doing it. I enjoy listening to different points of view. And I'm willing to listen to you. So please tell your friends to join us next week. We will have uh, Linda LeClaire, a fantastic person. And we're special. it's going to be a special week because uh, Dr. Bryce Young, uh, those of you that haven't uh, heard him uh, speak, uh, he's been an influence on a lot of people's life uh, in Florida, the Ashley Hobson uh, 
I think one of the most respected technicians uh, talks about him often. Um, and of course, uh, I have Linda's books, and I have two of his too. So, talk to you next week. Have a blessed week. Take care. Bye bye.